Welcome to Collier's Talks, a podcast series featuring the latest trends, insights, research, and developments in commercial real estate in Canada and beyond. Hi, I'm Nick Aguineros, Executive Managing Director of Supply Chain Consulting for Collier's Canada. In this logistics disruption series for Collier's Talks Industrial, we speak with industry leaders to explore topics that are impacting the supply chain sector. We will dive into the major trends and shifts that are keeping supply chain managers awake at night as they try to plot a course to get ahead of what's next. Today, we're gonna talk about women in supply chain, and I'm speaking with Patricia Shearer. She's the senior manager responsible for the project management office with Stryker Canada, where she leads initiatives across the business to help drive improved performance and success. She brings three decades of experience in supply chain, having spent time in manufacturing and distribution environments at General Electric and now with Stryker. Patricia started her career after raising three kids and earning her university degree while staying at home before falling into the logistics sector. Thank you, Patricia, for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Nick. I'm excited to be here. Great. So tell me a little bit about your journey through into the supply chain. Well, I can honestly say it wasn't intentional and not planned. Um, I started as a six-week contract uh, as a purchasing clerk, um, filling a leave of absence, and it turned into a 30-year career in supply chain. (laughs) So after about two and a half years on contract, um, filling various supply chain entry-level roles, um, I was finally hired uh, permanent full-time, where I then applied for a distribution coordinator role. And that's really where my supply chain career started. Um, although it was located in a head office, I, I sat at an office uh, in an office environment. My team was uh, tankers and truckers. <laughs> so um, after I uh, did a stint as the distribution coordinator, I was then promoted to fleet manager, where I was responsible for managing um, the, those fleet of tankers uh, from licensing, maintenance, to monitoring driver's logs, schedules, and drug testing. Um, After a couple of years doing that, I then took on the role of distribution manager in the same department where I managed a team of distribution coordinators, uh, the tanker fleet and the drivers. After a couple of years of doing that, I was then promoted to plant manager where I was responsible for decommissioning a plant and uh, retrofitting it into an Eastern Canadian distribution center. So I moved uh, from um, Uh, so the chemical water treatment industry into a different division within GE in heavy industrial manufacturing. And I was hired as a lean leader to improve cycle time and problem solving capabilities by implementing lean methodologies. Uh, And then from there, uh, I was promoted to manager of shop operations, uh, MSO, where I was responsible for the front end uh, operations of the production value stream. Uh, From there, I moved into a training and education leader role uh, where I was responsible for rebuilding the apprenticeship program in collaboration with the Ontario government and creating a plant-wide training matrix. Um, I decided uh, after several years of doing that, that it was time for something different. So I was then moved into a quality and continuous improvement manager role for a major wire and cable manufacturer. Um, I didn't last long there as uh, the management was more of a management by fear uh, type culture and it just wasn't my cup of tea. So I decided to get out of heavy industrial manufacturing altogether and that's when I moved into the medical device industry as a distribution supervisor and then 10 months later was promoted to distribution manager 
where I worked with you, Nick, and uh, led the design and build of a new distribution center. So upon completion of that big endeavor, I was then promoted to the role I'm in currently as a senior manager of our project management office. Well, congratulations, that's a great, uh, great career path. And, you know, it's amazing you've touched on so many different aspects of the business in all those different roles. Were there any mentors or supporters along the way that you were able to pull in or that helped you, helped and guide your career? Absolutely. Um, mostly family and close friends, um, but there are two individuals that stand out for me, uh, one male and one female. So when I was in heavy industrial manufacturing, I had a, a VP of manufacturing and uh, he taught me how to believe in myself and lead with authenticity and to just be myself. And uh, that made me feel very comfortable um, because I always felt that being in a heavy industrial manufacturing environment and being one of the only females on the shop floor that I sometimes had to, um, you know, put a show on. And so he taught me that it was okay to be myself. Uh, he was a U.S. Navy guy. Um, he was always asking me what I wanted to try next. And I didn't realize at the time that he was mentoring me, but that's what was happening. Um, he was the one that encouraged me to take on the role of MSO, so manager of shop operations, even when my, I doubted my own ability to do it, uh, because most of the MSOs were engineers and I wasn't an engineer. Um, but, you know, it's kind of a funny story because he did help me finally realize what my brand was after years of searching. Because I had worked in so many different roles within supply chain, I really hadn't become a subject matter expert in one area. But he told me that he uh, had advised me that, um, you know, you don't have to be an engineer. He, what he was looking for uh, was somebody who could lead a team and somebody who could bring a team together to, um, uh, you know, build teams that want to win and that want to work together and uh, create something great. And so um, he took that uh, you know, my, he took my response and uh, really helped me believe that, um, you know, I was capable of leading an all-male team in a unionized environment to success. Um, and then the second one, uh, the second mentor or supporter I had was a female. She was a customer service manager that I worked for, and uh, she continued to help me build my brand. Um, because when she left to move on to another role, she taught me um, about the meeting, meaning rather of leadership and how to treat people. Um, I was humbled and honored that she had recognized that quality within me. Um, and I, because I had always looked up to her for her courage and her confidence and her strength um, leading in a male dominated industry. And so I think now she's a VP or, or a GM. Interesting. Yeah, and you touched on it, both manufacturing and supply chain are predominantly very, very male dominated industries. Yes. Um, what do you see as the biggest benefit of diversity in these in these industries and in these sectors? Well, I think for me, diversity brings new ideas and, and approaches to a role um, as well as problem solving. And I think as a result, it increases productivity, which is, as you know, Nick, very important in a, in a supply chain environment. And it enables the person to professionally develop themselves, but also for the company to grow and for both to get out of their comfort zone. 
So without this, um, your career and, and the company you work for can stagnate and you can get left behind. Um, so I, I feel like it, it can bring opportunities that you never thought possible, makes for uh, an engaging and interesting conversation. And, you know, someone might come to the table with a 75 foot level idea that sounds impossible, but it could be that very diverse idea that could lead to a solution and could set you apart from your competitors. I also think that diversity helps you check your unconscious bias at the door. Um, you don't want to hire people or surround yourself with people that remind you of someone else or even yourself, because those opinions or feelings that you have uh, and that you associate with the other person or yourself can easily influence the way you see uh, a possible candidate instead of seeing the uniqueness that they might bring to your organization. So I'm happy that that happened to me in my career because being the only female on the shop floor, um, obviously my uh, VP of manufacturing saw something that he needed uh, to bring to the, to the shop floor that was different. Yeah, it's, it's, it really brings the, to fore that people have to consciously counter their biases and consciously counter the sense of likeness that you want to have around yeah. you. I totally agree with that. And, and um, it really doesn't allow you to look past, um, you know, uh, past the, the, the four square sides of a box, so to speak. You know, when we talk about out of the box thinking, um, you know, we all have unconscious bias. It's, it's innate in all of us. Um, but I think, uh, you know, really being mindful of that will set you apart from, from others in the industry. And especially if you're pulling from people with the same education background, the same experience levels and industries and even that, then you're going to have the same framework addressing the problems of the future. Yeah, like I have a, a my major is in English and, and I used to run into like engineers on the shop floor, very math um, oriented type thinkers, you know, and so um, I didn't realize it at the time it was happening. But now when I have a chance to reflect back, I can see why uh, the VP of manufacturing hired me and, and, you know, wanted to bring something different to the table. It was because of your well-constructed memos. and problems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and my spelling. <laughs> so it's funny, the comments you made before of tanks and truckers and tanks and drivers you know, the, the industry is very much perceived as a old fashioned industry, you know, we old warehouses, trucking, mm -hmm. we've always done it this way. How can we help change that perception of this industry? So for me, I, I believe it starts with the hiring process and educating folks on what supply chain is like now, how it's grown to include all facets of operating a business. Um, I also think that keeping it fresh, investing in new technologies, automation, and educating people on these technologies, um, you know, can, can help um, eliminate that, that stereotype or perception that we have of warehouses and trucking. Um, I also think, you know, supply digitization is becoming very prominent where, you know, you have an interconnected network of data and processes and big data analytics and, um, you know, engaging with IT teams now, something that supply chains, you know, really didn't do before very much. Um, and also sustainability. I think a lot of uh, 
you know, logistics firms and distribution centers are taking sustainability and giving back to communities uh, as, you know, very important and very top of mind and top of the list. Um, I think educating and training current staff on innovative approach, approaches, uh, you know, will help change the perception. And um, as I mentioned before, you know, hiring people who think and, and have outside the box ideas. I think those types of things will, will help, um, you know, take down that old warehouses and trucking type uh, thinking or mentality around supply chain. Interesting. Yeah, there's a lot that can be done. And then I guess as leaders as well, how can we help encourage women to consider supply chain as an attractive career option? Well, I think getting in front of this demographic early, like, um, you know, career fairs at colleges and universities, uh, things that you're doing today, you know, having a, having a podcast, uh, using the social media platform to get the message out there. Um, it's a great opportunity to develop many of our transferable skills like, you know, organizational skills, communication skills, um, you know, the ability to work collaboratively across many facets of the supply chain. I think that's very attractive. Um, it offers lots of flexibilities in terms of, you know, you can go into a specialized role. If you want to stay on the logistics stream, then, you know, you can, you can stay there and still grow within that that stream. But if you want to be more like a jack of all trades, kind of like I was, you know, I had many different roles and I didn't really become a subject matter expert at one specific role, but I, I was able to see from a high level that the complete supply chain, which kept me interested and, and it also offered lots of opportunity for advancement. Um, I think it's rewarding because there's uh, lots of opportunity to make a difference. Um, it provides personal and uh, professional development, as I mentioned, and I think there's lots of satisfaction in working through all the important supply chain phases of getting a product to customers from planning and sourcing to manufacturing and distribution and logistics. Um, it's exciting when you finally see your product make it to market. Um, lots of opportunities, I think, for university grads who started in a warehouse. Um, and have moved into analyst roles or leadership of, of people or process management, to name a few. Uh, I know we've done that several times where we've hired university grads into the uh, distribution center to, to learn the basics um, before they move on into increasing roles of responsibility. I think there's lots of industry options as well. Uh, supply chain is you know, small business, it's big corporations, not-for-profits, um, even the government and the military offer supply chain and logistics roles as well. And, you know, if, if uh, you know, there's women out there that love to travel, there's many opportunities. If you choose to work for a large company with global footprints, uh, lots of opportunity to travel, lots of project work. So if you're more of a, an individual contributor type person and you, you want to uh, participate in projects as a team, there's lots of opportunities there as well. Um, internship is another another way to, to get into the industry. Um, you know, I've even hired interns uh, that have turned into full-time folks uh, because they've really applied themselves. Um, and I also feel that the pay is competitive. Um, there's lots of opportunities to increase pay as you move through the supply chain. It's enabled me to to uh, live a comfortable life and ra raise a family. So um, I think there's lots of uh, attractions there for, uh, for women. 
That's great. And, and as an industry, you rhyme off all these things. And I, I keep thinking that as an industry, one of the things that we do well is, is get the job done. And that's getting the boxes yeah. at the door. We, we move product very efficiently and, and very quickly based on the, the instructions that we had. Um, but there, I think you just mentioned, there's, there's so many facets of the industry that can attract so many people. And it goes back to that leadership role of taking advantage of that situation and actually bringing in those different perspectives um, into the industry and into those different environments to mm -hmm. help build out the, the whole diverse uh, platform of, of thought and of, of perspective and experience. Absolutely. So, so we talked a little bit, it kind of opens up into, into culture. And obviously, mm -hmm. you know, we've, we've talked a lot about the role that culture plays and the role that people play in that culture. But what role does culture play in the performance metrics and the measurement of a distribution center? So I think good culture is, is key to success of any organization. And knowing how you're performing um, enables uh, high productivity and creates and can create a continuous improvement environment from from that. Um, it creates a sense of purpose and something that a DC can rally behind to be successful. I mean, you don't know how you're performing if you don't measure that performance. So because every function within the distribution center has an interdependency on another, um, if there's toxicity within the culture, um, you know, one, de one dependency uh, can affect another um, and ultimately the overall success of, of the distribution center and ultimately the business. I mean, toxicity uh, uh, culture has, has no place in, in the supply chain because, you know, as you mentioned, Nick, you know, we move product and get it out the door. We, we get, get stuff done. And, uh, and if that gets in the way, um, you know, it can really inhibit um, and, and quite frankly, destroy uh, how well um, a distribution center as well as the business can perform. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because a lot of the focus is on that end goal of getting stuff out the door. But what we're really talking about is how it's done and, and culture is a big part of that. And, you know, in our both of our experiences, the performance metrics and measurements that we've used, I, I look back and I can think of very few examples of diversity and, and cultural or the human aspect of, of performance metrics of actually measuring those. So mm -hmm. we've actually been looking at it. So it was kind of a nice to have as part of the process, but we need to be more conscious of making these decisions to include these metrics and to help drive, um, drive that performance in that category. Yeah. And I think including those that work in those environments and getting their input and their feedback as well is important because when you can rally the team behind that, you'll get a lot more productivity and you'll get more buy-in from them. Whereas if you force a culture or force, uh, you know, uh, these performance metrics on the team, it, it doesn't feel like they own it. They don't feel yeah. like they're responsible for it. That's just a, a, a management thing, you know? So I think that's really key as well. Not very true. So all of these things that we talked about, if you could go back to, you know, the younger version of yourself, <laughs> what are two things that you would say to yourself as you started your first job in supply chain? I, I think for me, it's confidence. Um, uh, first and foremost, like, 
it, you know, don't think that you can't do a job because you don't have all the qualifications. Um, you know, that that is one of the beauties of supply chain is that I don't think you're going to come out of any supply chain course um, or even career and know it all, right? It's just impossible because it's such a multifaceted, um, uh, you know, career path to take. And so I think, um, you know, when you're a hiring manager, which I have been many times uh, throughout my career, um, you know, they're not always looking for what you think are the obvious qualifications. And I, I think I alluded to that when I was describing my career journey, you know, I, I thought I was being asked to be a manager of shop operations, um, you know, and that you had to have an engineering degree in order to do that. And I was completely off track on that. The, the VP of manufacturing was looking for somebody who could build teams that want to win. So don't close the doors on yourself, I would say to my younger version. Um, and the second thing is um, don't be afraid of new opportunities because you think they look scary. So again, if I use that MSO example, um, it was a very scary proposition. And uh, I felt um, safe enough to, to say that to the VP of manufacturing. Um, and it was him that said, no, you can do this. I know you can do this. So, um, you know, and be your authentic self, even when you're the only female on the shop floor. <laughs> That's what I would say to my younger version. <laughs> Great words of advice um, to anyone starting off in the industry or actually at any point in their career. Um, confidence in yourself is, uh, is critical. Um, Patricia, I really want to thank you for joining me. I think this has been a great conversation um, and I really appreciate the insights that you shared and uh, for, for sharing your story. Well, thank you very much for having me, Nick. And I, I really hope that it can provide some insight and some support and hope to any other women considering entering the supply chain as a career. Great, thanks. And I want to thank everyone for listening. Tune into our next episode where we explore other hot topics in supply chain and industrial real estate. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Collier's Talks podcast. To learn more about Collier's Canada, our experts, and our solutions, visit colliers.canada.com or find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook.